things that he has done. Amen. Are you grateful today? Amen. Are you grateful? Amen. We just bless him. Amen. For he has done great things wherein we are glad. Now come on and clap your hands to him like you mean it. Amen. Bless him. Bless him. Amen. Amen. God is good and all the time. Amen. God is good. God is good. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We are truly thankful and grateful to be here today. Amen. Knowing, amen, that it is the Lord's doing that we are here. Amen. As the psalmist said, it is the Lord's doing and it is what? Marvelous in our eyes. Amen. And we thank him for doing such great work. Amen. For keeping us from all hurt, harm, and danger. Amen. We give God praise. Amen. For the newlywed couple here today. Amen. Come on, give God praise. Amen. 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 Our brother Andrew. Amen. And we thank God for him and his wife being here. It's, um, huh? Como Joe? Thank you. Amen. Lord have mercy. Amen. We thank God for seeing y'all here today. Amen. Excited to see them here. We knew we would see them sooner or later, and we thank God for seeing them here. Amen. I just want all of y'all to know, when y'all don't see Andrew, Andrew is working. Amen. But he lets me know. He said, Bishop, I would be at church. I work sometime on Sunday. Amen. But we thank God for his heart being here. Amen. For encouraging us. Amen. And for being a part of Mount Olive. We just thank God. We thank God for all of you. We love you very much. Amen. Thank those of you who came with us last week for your support. Amen. God bless you and forever keep you. We was forever grateful. We thank God for our pastor here today. Amen. Amen. Pastor Gloria Ingram. Amen. Amen. We thank God for her being here today. Amen. She wasn't feeling too good when she woke up. Amen. But she said, I'm going to press my way. Amen. And we thank God for the press. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all got a press? Amen. A press. We should have a press to come out to the house of the Lord. Have a press. Amen. No matter what it looks like, no matter what we feel like, we have to come out to the house of the Lord. Amen. And give God praise for all that he has done. For he has done what? Great things. Amen. We'd like to also give God a note of praise. Amen. For our sister Rosie speaking on Friday. Amen. 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 We thank God for that word that she brought to us. Amen. Are you cheating God? Amen. Don't cheat God. Don't cheat God. Amen. Make sure you never cheat God. Give God everything he's supposed to have and everything that he deserves. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we thank God for that. Well, saints, turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis, the fifth chapter. Thank God for the word. Amen. And after hearing such horrible news when we woke up on Monday morning about what happened Sunday night. Amen. On our way back home from church. Amen. About this man who, would, who decided in his own heart and mind to take people's lives. Amen. And to kill as many as he could. 
Amen. Let us please understand that he only killed 58, but it sounds like his intention was to do much more damage than what he did. Because after the 58 that were murdered, there was also 400 others that were injured. Amen. And they're looking today, and I'm listening to them all week. They're looking for a motive. They're looking for a motive. They're looking for what happened, what caused them to do this. And we can look at this man, and we look at his life from what they know of already. And this man had good jobs. We're even told that this man was very well off. He owned properties in Las Vegas. He owned properties in California. This man was well off had money, had enough money to wire his girlfriend in the Philippines $100,000. Wish he was my brother. <laughs> I wouldn't give up Nate. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, to, <laughs> to wire somebody $100,000, that means this man had money. He had means. He had means. But what motivated him to do what he did will baffle this country throughout its history. Just like they still don't know who really shot Kennedy, they don't know. They will be baffled. I don't know his motive, but I know Satan's intention. And I know why the enemy encouraged him to do what he did. And that was to promote and provoke fear in the nation and in God's people. But I'm so glad that God's people know that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of what? Sound mind. So I'm going to walk the street with my eyes looking to the hills. I'm going to walk the streets knowing that God will protect me and keep me. I am not going to fear what man can do unto me, for I know who holds my hand. I know who protects me from all hurt, harm, and danger. And why should I give the enemy, why should I give him the satisfaction of knowing that he has now put fear in me? No, I'm going to trust the Lord with all my heart, and I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. Amen? Amen. Don't you dare stop working. Don't you dare don't want to come out in the street. Come on out here and show the devil bold and clearly we are not afraid. Amen. Come on and say it with me. I am not afraid. In Jesus' name. Come on, say it again. I am not afraid. In Jesus' name. Come on and give God a hand praise that we don't have to walk in fear. We do not have to walk in fear. No way. We don't have to walk in fear. We're not going to give the enemy that power and that control. We're not going to do it. We are going to do our normal everyday work. We're going to pray for the grieving families because we can't pray for the dead. Amen? We can't pray for the dead. Amen. And I'm not praying them out of no purgatory. I'm going to pray for their families. Amen. That if those who died were unbelievers and, and didn't believe in Christ, I'm going to pray that their family will not die the same way. Amen? I want to be like that man who told Lazarus when he saw Lazarus 
from the tormenting part of Hades and Lazarus was on the paradise side sitting in the bosom of Abraham. I want to be like that when he told Lazarus to go and tell my five brothers not to come to this place of torment. Amen. Isn't that, isn't that horrible? Knowing that he was in torment because in his life, he decided that the world was all he needed. Amen? But the poor man Lazarus believed in God. So when he died, he went straight to be with the Lord. And for that, we bless God. Amen. Your thought for today, to God, nothing is impossible. Amen. Again, to God, nothing shall be impossible. Let us keep this in mind everywhere we go. Amen. When finances get rough, amen. When it seems like you don't have enough money to pay the bills that you have, amen. Trust in the Lord. One word we off very seldom hear but it's a word very close to the word faith. And we need to use this word more and make sure that we're living it. And that's trust. Trusting in the Lord. Amen. Because you know what? After doing an intense study this week of the word faith, which I dealt with this morning at Tabernacle, and dealing with the word trust after studying them both, I never realized how close they really are. Because with faith and trust, it takes confidence in God. With faith and trust, it takes reliance on God. So faith and trust is very close. Because listen, if you don't have faith, you can't trust God. And if you don't trust him, you don't have faith. Anybody hearing this this morning? Is this thing on? Amen. If you don't have faith, you don't trust God. And if you don't trust God, then you don't have faith. Amen. And as Sister Rosie was, was speaking on Friday night, I told Brother Lee, I said, I would just wish she'd shut up and sit down. Amen. I said, because some of the points she was hitting on, I said, Lord, I said, there's the problem. I will trust in God. Do we really trust him? Do we trust him with our possession? Do we trust him with what means a lot to us? I was thinking about it, and even on this week, I had to rebuke myself, and I had to say, you know what? You're showing a lack of trust right now. You need to trust the Lord more. Don't look at me like, oh, I'm human. Amen. Sometimes I need to be reminded. Don't, don't forget, I know I, I teach and preach a lot, but listen, sometimes I need to be taught and preached too. Amen? Because we all need that from the Lord. Amen? Trust is one of the most important things in our lives. Because if we don't trust, we have no confidence. If we have no confidence, then we don't rely on God. You got to rely on God when your bills are more than the money that you make. You got to rely on God when your overhead looks way more than what you're bringing in. You got to rely on God. Hey, tell me about it. You're talking to a man who filed for bankruptcy some, what was that, 20, 21 years ago. 21 years ago. 
had to do that. Why? Because my eyes got bigger than my pocket. And I thought everybody was giving me a credit card. I thought they liked me, Liza. Come to find out, they were taken from me. Because I was young. You know how we are when we're young. Let's just tell the truth. When we're young, we're stupid. Hey Amen. I look at my boys and I used to get mad. I said, why they do that? Why they do that? And the, and the Lord said, well, what about you? When you were their age, what did you do? The same thing. We did the same thing because you make silly decisions. Because you don't, if you don't really understand money, you just don't understand it. You don't know the value of it. You're not going to treat it like somebody much older would. Somebody much more mature would treat money better. We're all in a learning state, and some of us have to learn more than others. Amen. And I think it's high time for us to learn to trust the Lord more. And we can only trust him when it's all about Jesus. That's still your title. It's all about Jesus. This is going to run us through the year, maybe through the next year. I don't know. Bear with me. It's all about Jesus. Because if it's not about Jesus, then it's not about anything. It's all about Jesus. Your thought to God, nothing shall be impossible. Your challenge to walk with God. Again, to walk with God. You know, a lot of times we don't think about it, but whatever we're walking in at the time that's who we're walking with. So if we're walking in fear, then fear at that time has become our God because we're walking in fear. Because God cannot work through us or use us when we're walking in fear. Come on, say it with me. God cannot use me when I'm walking in fear. God can only use you when you let the fears go away and you let the trust towards him come in. Listen very closely to what the scripture said. It said, trust in the Lord. That's been our theme scripture from the beginning of this ministry and we never lost it because some of us still need to learn how to do it. Trust in the Lord. And let me tell you something, just when you thought you had it, you might have to go back and recheck. You might have to go back and see, do I still have it that way? Trust in the Lord. In the Old Testament, you'll find out that the prophets did a lot of repeating themselves. You know what? It's good for us as human beings to have things repeated to us so that we'll remember and always keep in mind our duties towards God. Trust in the Lord. Listen, with all thine heart. What is our heart? Our heart is the core of our very being. It is the core of us. It is everything we are. It is our spirit man. Our heart is where God comes through the person of the Holy Spirit and dwells in us. We are to trust him with everything we are. So when I trust him with all my heart, I trust him with all my mind. When I trust him with all my heart, I trust him with all my emotions. When I trust him with all my heart, I trust him with all of my faculties. I'm, Lord, I'm giving you everything because I trust you. See, when you really trust someone, you don't question them. <laughs> Bless you, Lord. 
When you really trust someone, you don't question them. Because, listen to this, when, when I trust, I put my life in your hands. I put everything I have in God's hands. So God's going to take care of my health. He's going to take care of my finances. He's going to take care of my family. He's going to take care of my marriage. He's going to take care of my home. He's going to provide for me. He's going to give me peace with my enemies. He's going to cause me, cause that my enemies shall not hurt me. Why? Because I'm trusting him. I'm giving him everything. See, God don't want your mind only because you'll forget him. Isn't that what we do in our mind? We tend to forget, right? God don't want your mind only. He wants your heart. He wants all of you and I. And when we give him all, he uses what we have for his honor and for his glory, but he has to have our full trust. Has to. Then, guess what he tells us in the Psalms? Guess what he tells us? He says, put not your trust in no man. Put not your trust in princes. In other words, don't put your trust in the government. Listen, put not your trust in horses. In other words, horses was the most powerful thing a nation could have in, in those times in the Bible days. So what does God tell them? He's telling us, don't put your trust in your military force that protects your country. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Listen, and lean not. See what happens when I trust I know this pole ain't going to go. I hope it ain't. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to lean on it. And, because when I trust, I can lean on it. Because I know I ain't going nowhere. See, if I didn't really trust this pole, guess what I wouldn't do? I wouldn't lean on it. I'd be too afraid because I might go right down to that ground and be speaking to Dominique on the floor. Because the beam didn't hold me like it should have. Because I put my trust in it. And it let me down. How many times have we put our trust in different things and those things have let us down? We put our trust in money. You got a whole lot of people, as soon as they hear about a big jackpot, everybody puts their trust in getting a $1 ticket to get the right number, to get all that money. And the odds are so much against you, it's not even worth it. You have more chances of getting the Mars than winning Lotto. And that's just the truth. But they'll put their trust in getting the numbers right. But they won't trust God to keep them. Look at your neighbor telling them, it's time to trust the Lord. Oh, come on and say it again. It's time to trust the Lord. It's time to trust the Lord. Finally, your topic. Don't say this if you don't mean it, but I want you to hear it. Lord, I trust you. Don't say it if you don't mean it. I'm not forcing anybody in here to say it today. But that's the topic. Lord, I trust you. I don't know how it's going to happen, 
I don't know where it's coming from, but Lord, I trust you. God, I give it all to you. I trust you, Lord. I put it all in your hands. To trust <clears throat> is to have confidence, to rely upon. When you trust, there's another word in the Hebrew for trust that also means, listen, it means to, to take refuge. You know what it is to, to take refuge? When you go into a place of refuge in the old days, in the Old Testament, when you went to a place of refuge, you were safe. You didn't have to worry about, anybody getting it yet? When you're under refuge, you're safe. You don't have to worry about anything because you're in safe place, your place of refuge. So when, listen, when I trust God, listen, I'm, I'm safe. I'm protected. I'm kept. I'm in the city of refuge when I trust God. I don't have to worry about anything happening to me when I trust God. God's going to take care of all of my needs. He's going to supply everything I need. He's going to take care of my health. He's going to watch over my family. He's going to keep my marriage. He's going to make sure I always have a job when other folks are getting pink slips. He's going to make sure that he keeps me in all my ways when I trust him. And those that try to hurt me, remember this, touch not my anointed and do my prophets what? No harm. You better off playing with a gun and playing Russian roulette than playing with one of God's people because it's about the same, it's the same thing. Don't play with God's people because those who trust him are under refuge. They're safe. They're protected. Oh, man. You know, I guess somebody would say, well, well you know, it will be nice to have a, a, whole, a whole line of security guards protecting me. Last week, it wouldn't have mattered. In Las Vegas, it would not have mattered because of from where he was shooting from, he'd have shot all your security guards around you. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if they was as big as Nate or bigger because bullets don't have names. And I haven't met a man yet that can stop a bullet. They were showing one nut on TV one time who could stop a bullet with his teeth. I said, yeah, right, whatever. You know? But listen, but listen, but when you really trust the Lord, when you choose to trust him, you can give anything to him. Listen, God will keep your secrets. You know those skeletons in your closet that you, you've been trying to keep that closet closed and locked? You don't want that closet opening. A lot of folks going to be mad. Mm. God keeps secrets. You can tell God something. He won't. You don't have to worry about him telling anybody else. Matter of fact, he know already before you, before you even thought it, he already knew it. Amen? He knew it. Genesis, the fifth chapter. I can't get away from this man of trust, this man of faith, because of how he showed us what God is capable and able to do. We ought to always know in our lives that God is able. Come on, if you believe it with me, raise your hand and just say, God, you're able. Just wave to him and say, Lord, you're able. Amen. That's why I love that song. He's able. Yes. 
He's able. He's able to do it when you thought it couldn't be done because he's the God of the impossible. All he wants from you is to do the possible. Just pray. Just fast. Just trust him. And guess what? He does the impossible. He's not putting the impossible on you. He knows you can't do the impossible. But he knows he can. And when you trust him, guess what? He will. Oh, come on, say it with me. He will. Say, I can trust God. Because he can. And he will. Because he's able. Amen. He can. He will. Because he's able. He's able. And when I, I continue to look back at this story at Enoch, and, and it, it gives you very plain about him. And we find out that in the verses in the book, if you read in the book of Enoch, starting from the fifth verse, go with me as I run through it, amen? Go with me as I run through the first couple of verses. It goes to the fifth verse, and it talks about Adam, and it talks about how Adam lived 930 years, and then what was the last words it said about Adam before it said no more? Can anybody tell me what did it say about Adam? Sister Eliza, what did it say? And he died. That was it. And he died. But he lived 900 and how long? 930 years? And then he what? He died. He lived a long time, but then eventually he died. Verse 8, it talked about Seth, and it says Seth lived 912 years. That's a long time. That's nine centuries plus 12. Seth lived. But then what happened? The last three words, the terrifying words we all don't want to hear. What did it say? And he died. Wow. Because death comes. It's inevitable. It is appointed once for man to die. And then the judgment. And the 11th verse said, all the days of Enoch were 905 years. And what? And he died. Then we go down a little further. We look at uh, uh, Jared, the father of Enoch. And it said, and Jared lived 600, uh, wait a minute. Jared lived how long? 962 years. No, 100. 962 years. And what happened after that? And he died. Folks were dying back then. They were leaving. They were leaving the earth. And they just weren't. They just weren't living out the days that God intended for them. Because listen, God never intended for us to die. Death was never in the plan. Remember, he told Adam, he said, the day you eat of that fruit, you shall what? Surely die. Death was not in the plan. See, I need you to understand that because now you are a Christian. Death is not in your plan. In your plan now is life because of Jesus Christ. Remember, because he lives, I live. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I will not die. Death for the Christian is not death, it's crossing over. It's going from this life into the next life. It's going from here into what I could not see in the spirit realm. But Christians don't die. They live. How many hear that? I'm going to say it again because I need you to see this for the message. Christians don't die. Oh, you saying, well, that's not true. Yeah, the physical body does. 
But you, the person, does, doesn't. Your physical body has to die because it can't live. But you don't die. Wow. I thought y'all had been more excited than that. You were not meant to die. God didn't create you for death. I come to tell you that death is not the end for you. That's why we don't have to walk in fear of death because death is our friend. Death, death takes us to a higher level. We're, and guess what? When we cross over, there'll be no dying. When we cross over, there'll be no sickness. When we cross over, there'll be no bills. Let me tell you something. All those collection calls you getting every day, when you cross over, guess what? You won't get those calls. There'll be no phones. You can speak, I know this might be a little deep, but you can speak to people from where you are. You won't need a phone. Is, 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 is that deep? But that, that's how deep it is. When you trust in the Lord, you shall experience what I just explained to you. You'll be able to speak to people where you are, and they can be on the other side of the world where they chose to live, where their matching is, and you can speak to them over there. <laughs> because that's life in the spirit realm. Come on, say it with me. That's life in the spirit realm. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you because see, in the spirit realm, water was never intended for you to be limited to it. How you know that, Bishop? I know it because Jesus showed us how he walked on water and how he allowed Peter also to walk on the water to show us that he never intended for us to be limited. He wanted us to live an unlimited life. So it lets me know that since God has taken us back to where we were supposed to be, that all the things that he showed us, we're going to do. So I'm going to walk on water. Hello, water walker. Because all the things that sin and death took from us, God is going to give back to us as we walk in this life trusting him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. Right now, let me tell you something. If you didn't just catch what I said about being a water walker, there's something wrong with your trust. So I'm going to tell you this. Trust in the Lord. You know, know how I can tell you something's wrong with your trust? Because you've seen it in the Bible. You saw Jesus walking on the water and Peter asked him, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come unto you. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, come. And Peter got out the boat and walked on the water. And he was walking on the water until he realized I'm walking on water. When he realized I'm on water, that's when Peter began to sink. Because he realized I'm not supposed to do this. And that's when the water walker caught him by the hand and saved him 
before he drowned. But he was walking on the water before that. Good God. It was good. It was good. Then listen, when God, after he mentions Jared's death, then he gets to Jared's son called Enoch. And he said, and Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. Now, we don't know what Enoch, Enoch's three, 65 years were like, but we do know this from the next verse that his 65 years in life was spent without God. And I need you to understand that where God is not trust or recognized, there's ungodliness going on. There's wickedness happening. There's evil happening. Because when God is not the focus, there will be wickedness in that place. There will be wickedness in the person. Because in order for you not to be able to do the wickedness, you have to trust in the Lord. Someone, somebody say it with me, I got to trust in the Lord. Come on and say it again, I got to trust in the Lord. And Jared lived, and, and Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. Listen, and this, and Enoch, what did he do? Enoch walked with God after he had Methuselah. Something happened in his life. We don't know what, but something happened that caused Enoch to begin to walk with God. What does this say? When you walk with God, walking with God denotes a lifestyle. He had a lifestyle of trust. See, we usually, since Rosie talked about Friday, she talked about how worship is a lifestyle. I said, yes. Let me tell you something. Walking in faith is a lifestyle. And let me make you know this. Trusting God is a lifestyle. When you walk with God, you have got to trust him. You can't walk with God unless you trust him. So walking with God says, Enoch trusts the Lord. He trusts God with his life. He trusts God with his family. Because not only after he had Methuselah did he begin to walk with God, but then he, be he began to have other sons and daughters as he began to walk with God. So now he had to trust God not just for Methuselah, who was his firstborn, he had to now trust God for the children after him. Amen? Amen. 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 He had to trust God. The Bible said, and Enoch walked with God. I, I really don't understand if you, if you really see the, the high, how high this is that he walked with God. How this really sets him apart from everybody else that Genesis 5 was talking about. Because before him, it was not said about anybody that they walked with God. That God took him specifically and made an exception of him. Enoch walked with God. So that means that Enoch wasn't trying to get another huzzy. That means that, listen, that means that Enoch wasn't trying to do the things that were being done in his time. <clears throat> 
It was in his time when they began to make music. It was in his time that they began to build cities. Listen, if you read further in the fifth chapter, there's another Enoch who had a city named after him. But our Enoch, he had no city named after him. But he had this said about him, that he walked with God. See, I don't know about you, but I want the last thing to be said about me. Oh, how he walked with the Lord. How he trust God. How he had faith in God. Because let me say something. That's the highest honor any one of us could receive after death. See, I don't want to die and that's why I say, well, you know, they said he was doing this and doing that. Really? You know how when people die, then we start gossiping about them? Such a terrible thing, isn't it? It's like after they die, there's so much gossip to be talked about, about things that they didn't say before they died. Because some may know how, they, how secretly they lived their lives. But not Enoch. He was beyond reproach. He was beyond the daily gossip of the day. And not only did he walk with God, but he was also a preacher. He also, listen, he also prophesied. He was a prophet, one of the only prophets of his day, because this is what the Bible tells us. He prophesied. Turn with me to Jude. Jude chapter 14. Jude chapter 14. Let's see this man of God and and. What did God give to him and show to him? Verse 14 in Jude. You can't miss Jude. It's only one book. I can't, don't tell you the chapter because there is none. It's one book. And here we find tidbits more about the life of Enoch that we didn't find in Genesis. Listen, he was the seventh He was the seventh from Adam. In other words, the seventh generation from Adam. And in the seventh generation, Enoch was the exceptional man that walked with God. How many of you would like to be exceptional? Amen. That that when people think about you, they think about you separately from others. I remember a little boy, when I was a little boy growing up in the project, they had a place, a place over where a place near where Brother Nate used to work. So certainly, I, I think you remember it. They used to call it the living room. It was between Hamilton Madison House and Building 54. They called it the living room. And all the ladies, Sister Liza, would come there and sit there in the living room. It was outside, but they called it the living room. Because when they sat there in the living room, they would sit there and talk. And if you pass the living room, Everybody that came past the living room wanted to stop and sit there because they knew that if you went past there and everybody's sitting in the living room, guess what? You're going to be the topic (laughs) when you pass the living room. Everybody's going to talk about you. But I remember my mother, she didn't hang in the living room. She would be coming from Delancey Street with all her grocery, and she would come right to the living room and say, God bless you, how you doing? 
God bless you. How you doing? She never stopped. She kept it moving and kept it walking, and they would talk about her. But guess what? They had really nothing to say because they did not know her. They could gossip all they want, but the one thing they had to say was that she was a woman of God. She went to church every Sunday. She had her own husband, and she took care of her kids. There was nothing to say about her. She walked with God. Because, you know, when people got nothing to say, they'll even try to find something funny about to say about you. Just because they want to say something. You ever know them people that get, they'll get malicious just because they can't find out, well, you know, you see that what she had on? A couple, for real? Stop it. Stop it. If there's nothing to say, then just be quiet. And if there's something to be, say, be quiet. Bishop, I used, to pray, I used to play the organ for, he said it very true. He said, God bless the man that got nothing to say and he don't say it. Because there comes a time where we ought to know we just need to be quiet. And if you don't got nothing nice to say, how many hear that? If you don't have nothing nice to say, be quiet. Amen? But sometimes people don't realize your words are damaging. Your words are damaging. Trust in the Lord. You know what? Let me tell you something. You want to stop yourself from talking and gossiping? Listen, trust in the Lord and know that God don't want you talking about others. People that trust in God don't talk about people. Whew. Let me tell you something. You call, call any brother in here and talk to him on the phone and ask him, do I spend my time talking with him and gossiping about another brother or gossiping about another sister? I'm not going to get on the phone and say, yeah, you know, she hot. Don't tell my wife, the devil's a liar. No, 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 no. It's not that kind of party. Amen? Let me tell you something. And, and, and we laugh. We laugh. But my heart was saddened because I just read an article about a pastor who started going with one of the ladies in his church that was supposedly his goddaughter. And the sad thing about it was that he, he did perform her wedding ceremony. And he wound up in an affair with her. I said, oh God, wonder why folks don't want to come to church. They think, why I got to go to church? This stuff is happening every, this stuff is happening in the church. Why go to church? I'm not safe in the church. I'm safe in the dance hall. At least I know what they're doing. I know what their motive and intention is. Why not go there? But the devil is a liar. There is a church that loves the Lord. There is a people that loves God. There are people who want to live for God and who are doing just like Enoch. They're walking with the Lord and trusting God for their life. See, the devil wants to put us in a light that none of us are walking for God, and that's not so. Amen? Because you can't take the life of one person and say that's the whole pot. Amen? It's the truth. You can't look at what he did and then look at me and say, oh, Bishop Troy going to do that soon. The devil is a liar. I trust the Lord. And God is my keeper. God is my refuge. So I'm going to trust God. And listen, as long as I trust God, I'm protected. Amen? I'm protected when I trust God. See, it's when I start walking in me, that's when I'm not protected. How many understand that? Amen. See, that's what I like about Enoch. The Bible said, and Enoch walked with God, 
300 years. Good God. I was telling Tabernacle this morning, I said, Lord, I said, it's, it's hard for some people for a day to walk with God. This man walked with God diligently for 303 centuries. He trusts God. For three centuries, he believed God. For three centuries, God kept him. And he spoke to God. Listen, when you walk with God, God speaks to you, and you can speak right back to him. Isn't that something? That's the benefits of walking with God. You can talk to him, and guess what? He talks back to you. He, listen, when you, when you walk with God, he answers your prayers. When you walk with God, he sees you when you're fasting. When you walk with God, he knows your needs before you tell him. Yes, he does. Is it finance? God will bless you with it. What is it? What do you need? Seek the Lord. Some of us, some of us just, okay, well, you say, well, Bishop, I'm doing good with my finances. I'm doing good with my family. I'm doing good with my wife. Okay, that's good. Do you have balance? There's something you need. If you don't have a need, then that's when something's, something's wrong. <laughs> like, like the guy, the Chinese guy used to be in my project, something wrong. Yes. I'm telling you, something's wrong. Jude 14. Listen. It said, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Enoch prophesied. See, he didn't just walk with God. God was speaking to him, and he was speaking to the people. And while he walked with God, he prophesied of something that didn't even happen yet. Y'all not hearing it. You're not hearing it. When you walk with God, God will show you things that has not happened yet. Why? Because I want you to take these words now. Enoch had a connection with God. Connection. How many, when you have a connection with God, how many want to talk on the phone and got static? I, I don't know about y'all. I hate that. When I'm, uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You know about that? You, you got a bad connection because you're in an area where your phone is really not, and if you got a company that's not really known, then you know what I'm talking about. Because that's what just happens when you have a bad connection. But I want you to know, Enoch had a good connection with God. How do I know he had a good connection with God? Because he prophesied of something some 5,000 years ago that still hasn't happened yet, but will. How many hear that? Hasn't happened yet, but will. How did he see this? And how did Jude know that Enoch prophesied this? Because there is a book of Enoch. And although God didn't tell us the whole book that Enoch wrote, he did give us this little snippet that was important to our Christian walk that Enoch saw the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints. Y'all ain't shouting yet, but you will. 
You ain't shouting yet, but you will. Enoch had a connection. Listen, Enoch didn't just have a connection. He communed with God. See, because the only way you're going to hear from God is when you commune with him. See, that's why it is, all, it is appointed for man to always pray and not faint. That's why 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, I believe it's 5 and 18, says pray without what? Pray without, don't ever stop praying. Always pray. No matter how good things look, let me tell you something, pray. Because you know what? Things can get bad real fast. Let me tell you something. Two hurricanes done went through, and now here comes Nate. And see, they laughing, but I'm for real. That's the hurricane. Hurricane Nate is on his way. How many more hurricanes do we have to see before we realize that God's trying to tell you something? How many more earthquakes have to happen before it lets that you know God's trying to tell you something? The earthquakes happening in diverse places. The storms and hurricanes sweeping through the land. The wars and rumors of wars. The nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. I'm telling you, we're living in the last days. And Enoch said, 5,000 years ago, the Lord cometh. Well, I'm telling you, we're pushing closer to what he said 5,000 years ago. What he said, listen, before the flood even took place. Because listen, from Adam's fall to the flood was the first 2,000 years of man. You know what those years were? Uh, years of nothingness. Because the only one the Bible really put the focus on was Enoch and Noah. Oh, but you know what I love about it? God puts the focus on Enoch. God puts the focus on Noah only of those 2,000 years, but it was those two that he saved. Two that he mentioned, two he saved. He saved Enoch and he saved Noah. He made Noah ride the flood. Why everybody else and all the animals were dying, Enoch was on the water. I mean, Noah was on the water and God saved him. But Enoch said, the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints. Listen, Enoch had a connection. Enoch communicated with God. Listen, Enoch was committed. How many of us are really committed? Amen? We have some who's more committed to their job then they're committed to the church, to God's work. You know what? God wants his people to realize you got to be committed. Amen? Who wants to be married to somebody that's not committed? Amen? I'm sure Como Joe would have looked to see if Andrew was going to be, a, if he could be a committed husband. Who wants to be married to somebody who can't be committed? You just married a problem. You just married a headache. You want to make sure, you know what? Can he or she really be committed? And that's what God wants from us. He wants our uncompromising commitment. Not a commitment based upon God, based upon what you do. No, but a commitment based upon just loving God. 
Just trusting God, just knowing, God, I'm committed to you. Come what will, come what may. Even if I'm sick, God, I trust you. Lord, even if I don't have no money, I trust you. Lord, even if I lose my job, God, I trust you. Lord, if everybody forsakes me, Lord, I trust you. I'm committed to you, and I'm never leaving. See, because a real committed relationship is going to have problems. See, I know y'all look at me and Pastor, we've been married 30 years, and every time y'all see us, we smiling in one another's faces, but you're not there during the week when she get on my nerves. <laughs> and I get on her nerves. And we fight. And we bicker. Then we make up. And then we fight. Then we get in an argument. Then we yell at each other. Then we make up. What am I trying to get you to understand? Well, I'm trying to get you to know that no relationship is without its trouble. That no relationship is without its problem. But it's not that it has problems. It's what you do when the problem comes. It's what you do when the variation comes. That's what matters. How you handle the problem. See, commitment makes you stick with it no matter what the problem is. Because you know what? We can work through this. We can get through this. You know what? This, this is not going to break us up. We can, we can handle this. See, and I'm telling you, because you might not be married, but your relationship with God is the same way. You can't leave God just because... You got to stay with God. You got to be like Enoch. Walk with God. That you trust him no matter what. Don't walk away from God because things are getting bad now. I look at people when they say that, well, you know, I question God now. Really? Seriously? You question God? Don't you think God should be questioning you, questioning him? Are you, and you know what God, God can say? Are you questioning my omniscience? Are you questioning that I'm omnipotent? Are you questioning that I know all things? Are you questioning that you know you better than I know you? Are you questioning how much I know about you? Are you questioning the fact that you can't take what I have allowed to come into your life? For there is no temptation but such that is common to man. But listen here, God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will also with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. If God lets you have it, you can take it. You don't have to run. You don't have to question your relationship. If God lets you go through it, then you can do it. You got to get through this to get to that. See, you want that, but don't want to go through this. That's the problem. Everybody goes through. But it's not that you go through. It's that you trust God while you're going through. It's that you walk with him while going through. Ah, that you listen, that you stay committed while going through. That you, that you can, that listen, that you can take it. For listen, there, there's, there's no temptation. It's common. 
Listen, but such that is common to man. But it lets you know God is faithful. Ooh, who is faithful like my God? He don't, you know what I like about it? He don't just ask you to trust him. He don't just ask you to have faith in him. He wants you to do that because he's going to be faithful regardless to what you do. Every, everybody likes to hear that song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Well, that song comes from Jeremiah. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. That song comes from not Jeremiah the book. It don't just come from Jeremiah the weeping prophet. It comes from Jeremiah Lamentations. Did you, did you ever thought about that? In the book of Lamentations, it says, great is thy faithfulness. <laughs> Nobody, you, Lamentations means great weeping. Yeah, right. it, it means <laughs> extreme weeping, Lamentations. But in Lamentations, Jeremiah said, great is thy faithfulness. Because Israel was in captivity to Babylon. And Babylon had came in and destroyed their temple and destroyed their city and took all their people captive and left only a remnant back at the city of Jerusalem. But while, while they were doing this, Jeremiah came to a conclusion while he was weeping that it is of the Lord's goodness that we are not consumed. Y'all, y'all, y'all. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his mercies are new. When? When is his mercy new? Let me tell you something. His mercy was new when you woke up. His mercy was new when you went to bed. He always gives fresh mercy. You know how we, who goes to the marketplace and says, give me the meat from last week? Come on, who does that? God says every, Jeremiah said every morning new mercies I see. And then he said in the midst of all this, God, great is thy faithfulness. I'm weeping, I'm crying, I feel for my countrymen, but God, even though, listen, and I'm trying to tell you, even though you going through, even though you having your trouble and your problems, even though you're going through in your mind and don't tell nobody else, remember, God is faithful. Great is thy faithfulness. He will always be faithful no matter what happens to you or what comes your way. God is always what? Faithful. The Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. This was his, this was his prophecy, right? Now turn with me to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Listen, in the, in the hall of faith, Hebrews 11. We know this Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things what? Not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report, didn't they? For by it the elders obtained what? A good report through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Listen, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Now, who would have thought in those days that Abel was walking in faith? But he was because he knew exactly what God wanted. God didn't want no stinking fruits. 
He wanted meat. Cain brought him fruits. God's saying, what are you doing? Your mother taught you what to give me. Why are you giving me what I didn't ask for? And Cain brought fruits. And Abel brought blood sacrifice. And God had respect to Abel's sacrifice and had no respect for Cain's sacrifice because it was the wrong sacrifice. See, and some of us here today, we're sacrificing what we want. We're giving God what we feel like giving him instead of what he should really have. And that's all of us. Oh, say it with me, Lord, help me to give you all of me. Come on, say it again loud. Lord, help me to give you all of me. Listen, and Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of the gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Because of what he gave, even though he's dead, he yet speaks. Remember what God told Cain when he spoke to Cain? He said, where's thy brother? What did God say? And Cain said, am I my brother's keeper? God said, behold, your brother's blood crieth to me from the ground. Meaning that while, Cain, while Abel was dead, God could still hear him. Because he being dead yet still speaks means that you couldn't kill him out. You couldn't get rid of him because he belongs to God. And God knows where he is. Ah. But listen to this. Let's go to the next verse. By faith, Enoch was, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. You, you know what that's saying? You know what that says? Remember when Elisha was caught up? And they went and they pressed Elisha to go look for him. And Elisha said, I'm not going to do it because I know. Paraphrasing. And then the people said, but suffer us to go look for him. He said, go. They went and they looked to find Elijah. Did they find him? No, they didn't. They also went looking for Enoch. And Nick, they never found him. He was never found. Why? Because we're told in Genesis, and God took him. Listen how, listen how Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, finished it. Listen, but we're, listen, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? Please God. But listen to the next verse that it connects with Enoch. But without faith, it connects Enoch with faith. But without faith, it is impossible. You can't please God unless you trust him. Trust him with all of you, not some of you, all of you. God, I trust you with everything of me. I trust you with my emotions. So God, I'm going to give you my grief and I'm going to take your joy. God, I'm going to give you this hate. Lord, I'm going to take your love. I'm going to give you this confusion. God, I'm going to take your peace.
I'm going to give you all of me. Because without trust, it is impossible to please God. We have to trust him. Let me tell you something. I don't see none of the money that we're using to pay for this church yet. But this church is already paid for. God, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. I put my hope and faith in you. Listen here, listen here. I don't know where the TV cameras, I don't know where the crew is coming from, but I know that God has given me a word to go across the world. I know he has called me to be a prophet to the nations, and there's a word in my mouth for the people, and so God is going to say everything that I'm supposed to have. I see me and pastor helping hurting marriages and hurting people. Although I don't see it now, I do see the bigger picture. Ah, because if I can't see the bigger picture, then am I really trusting God? I got to see what the enemy's trying to keep me from seeing. Because he knows that if I see what I can't see, I'll trust God more. Remember the old hymn? Oh, for grace to what? To trust him more. Man, by his grace, he, that's all he used to save us. That's all he did to make us righteous. And guess what? God didn't say you got to do three flips, three somersaults, and you got to run 300 yards. No, he didn't. All he said to get it is believe. To trust me that you have it even though you don't see it. Come on and stand with me. Come on and stand with me. Come on and stand with me. Leon, play for me. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. When you trust him, he can do the impossible in your life. When you trust him, he can make everything all right. But you have to trust him. You got to trust him. You got to give him all of you for all of him. And that's when you're really trusting him. For the world doesn't trust him. The world doesn't trust him. But as the people of the living God, we have got to trust him. We have got to put everything we have into this relationship. All our resources, all our energy, all of our time. As we were told Friday night, don't cheat God. Don't cheat him. Give him all of you. And he will give you. He's already given you all of him. He's already done that. So I don't know 
what debt you have to meet. I don't know what deadline you have. But I know whatever your need is, God has already met your need. And if you have an unmet need, God meets those too. And so you need to understand that. Who wants prayer today? Who wants prayer today to trust God more? Come on, don't be ashamed. You'd be surprised at the people who need to learn to trust God more. We have to trust him. We have to believe him. We have to put everything we have into him. This is an investment you will never lose. This is an investment that will pay big returns. When you put everything you have into the kingdom work of God, give it all to him. Hold nothing back. Let nothing keep you from giving him your best. Give him your time, give him your energy, give him your full effort. And watch God work. Watch him move. Watch him take control. Watch him move you higher and higher. See, the devil knows that as your trust goes and as your trust grows, you go from level to level. You go higher and higher. See, he's got to fight with you to keep you from getting there. He doesn't want you there. He wants to hold you back as much as he can. But I'm telling you, trust him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Trust God. Walk with him. Trust him. Live in him. Trust him. Think on his word. Let his word come before you. Trust him. Because you can trust his word. His word will never fail. His word will never fail. His word is yea and amen. God always speaks the truth. Believe his word. We touch and agree by faith that you're going to take in his word day by day, more and more, and let his word sink deep down within your heart. Let his word touch your very being to take you higher and higher in the Lord. This is what God wants. He wants you to trust his word. Trust what his word says, for his word cannot lie. Trust his word. Trust his word. Believe his word. Trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. Let his word sink deep in the crevices of your soul. Let it deliver you. Let it strengthen you. Let it keep you and bless you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you for what you're doing right now. Father, we believe you that our, our trust in you is going to soar. That we're going to trust you for everything, oh God. Lord, even for the things we cannot see. Even when we can't see where the money is coming from. When we can't see where the help is coming from. Father, when we can't see the better job, we're going to trust you. And when we trust in you, we know that we have what we ask for. Oh Lord, for you said, verily I say unto you, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever 
he saith, Father, we put our trust in you. We trust you for your grace. We trust you for your mercy. We trust you for your peace. We trust you for your uncompromising love. And we bless you even now that you will supply our needs. Thank you for keeping our body, oh God. Thank you for giving us strength in our body. Thank you for keeping our minds steadfast on you, oh God. And we bless you. Hallelujah. Tis, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. Come on. Just to know rest upon his promise just to know come on sing it like you know it how I trust him how I hallelujah hallelujah come on us Jesus just G oh for grace oh for grace to trust him more come on one more time Jesus Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. Glory to God. Such Jesus. Precious Jesus. Oh, full grace to trust him. Come on and give God a hand praise if you trust him more. Come on and give God a hand praise if you trust him more. Come on and bless him. Give him a hand praise. Okay. Okay. Amen. Come on and bless the Lord.